Get your Bibles out and go to let's see where we want to go tonight. Are y'all ready? All right, we got seven people ready. That's awesome. The rest of you, come on. Go to Matthew chapter 3. Now, we will not be following the same sermon I preached last week, even though you guys want me to continue. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Wasn't that good? Matthew chapter 3. You know, if I was God, I'd keep it going. But I'm not. But I am going to tell you something, Lord, and he keeps laying this on my heart. I, I tore this page out of Kenneth Copeland's magazine, and I want to read it to you. It says, 2018 is the year of the Holy Ghost and fire. Luke 3.16, John said, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I comes, and the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Glory to God. The Big 18, 2018. Nine fruit of the Spirit and nine gifts of the Spirit. We're going to have a spiritual explosions throughout 2018, particularly in the area of holiness and cleansing. In Luke 3.17, whose fan, talking about Jesus, is in his hand, will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat in the garner and the chaff he's going to burn with unquenchable fire. You can't put fire out. Now, the chaff, what, what is chaff? Chaff is the sticks and stubble, the hay and stuff. You know, you get through sifting wheat and so forth, and now you got nothing but trash left. I want all the trash out of my life. I don't want anything to get in the way of the anointing of God in my life. I don't want anything impeding the fruit of the Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit, because without love, you're nothing but a noise. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we hold... We take hold of this word. The year 2018 will be the year of Holy Ghost and fire. Nine fruits of the Spirit, nine gifts of the Spirit flowing in our church like never before. I took that and hung it up on my wall because it's true. So let's look at Matthew um, 3.11. We're going to read where he said this in here. He said, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. Talking about Jesus. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit in fire. We've heard a lot about the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, I remember personally when Dennis Bennett, the Episcopalian priest, started preaching on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Back when I first got saved, there was no such thing as a faith and word church. There was no such thing as a charismatic church. There was Catholics, Methodists, Episcopalians, Baptists. There were denominational churches. God told Kenneth E. Hagin, get out of your church and go to a neutral location. Now, the reason he said that, he said, denominational Christians will not come to your church. Most Catholics don't go to Assembly of God churches. Most Methodists don't go to Episcopalian church. They just don't enter another church but they would so we started what was called the charismatic renewal where we started going to ballrooms and places and hearing people like Kenneth Hagin and Kenneth Copeland preach but they weren't in churches that was the first time we had, that the Lord had ever led anybody to do that type of thing and people of all denominations started being filled with the Holy Ghost well, that created a brand new breed of Christian, tongue-talking Baptist. 
tongue-talking Catholics. And they went back to their church, lifted their hands, spoke in tongues, and the priest said, excuse me, not here. And many people got asked to leave. I was in a church in Doraville, Georgia. Church of Christ, pastor, speaks in tongues. Wife on the piano with music in the building. And that's when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, February 1976. And he was a Church of Christ preacher, laid hands on me, got me filled with the Spirit. But yet he had been asked to leave the Church of Christ because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Back then, and I'm just going to say late 70s, early 80s, speaking in tongues was considered the devil. When I first took this church and we were in the shopping center, churches in Apopka preached against us that we were a cult. Don't go over there. Those people are demon-possessed. And we had people like Betty May running aisles and jumping pews and speaking in tongues. And you would have thought she was demon-possessed until you saw <laughs> Melanie right behind her and Marshall right behind her, and off they went, running through the building. And I'm going to tell you something. Betty will tell you. And back in the days when Greg Squire was my Baptist youth pastor who spoke in tongues, and we had, got, we had meetings where Greg would shoot people with his finger, and they'd fall out in the power. We had some wild meetings. Matter of fact, one night there was a carnival going on outside, and Betty, well, Betty won't tell you nothing. She don't talk much, but Melanie will tell you. <laughs> Praying people don't like to talk a lot. But um, we went out, and there was a bunch of drunks sitting outside the church. We're in the shopping center, and we were carrying people out. I mean, they were drunk in the Holy Ghost. And the man said, what are you all doing in there? And Greg Squires proceeded to explain to him that this is not that which you suppose. And the, and the man said, I know a drunk when I see one. He said, yeah, but it didn't cost us anything to get this drunk. And, and honest to God, we were drunk in the Holy Ghost. We had some drinking parties, and we went out of there, just stewed out of our mind, full of joy. No hangover, didn't cost us nothing, and the whole, everything we did was legal. And... Um, and I've been in a lot of meetings, Rodney Howard Brown's meeting, Brother Hagin's meetings with the Holy Ghost. Now, but Jesus mentioned Holy Ghost and fire. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, he is going to start burning up everything that's not God. And sometimes you're like, ah, what's this going on inside of me? Well, it's God, but you know, it's not comfortable to have fire. But let's talk about a fire here for a minute. Um... Any of y'all ever, anybody in here doesn't like to fly airplanes, jets? You don't, you don't like to fly at all? Okay, everybody in here likes to fly. Have you ever noticed what's coming out of the back of that jet engine? It's fire. How far do you think that plane would go if you didn't light it up? It ain't go anywhere. I'm preaching real good now. I want you to listen. Whenever you say fire, there's power. I love the old cowboy movies when the, when the old conductor's up in the front and they're shoveling coal in that old steam engine up there and they got a fire going to make steam to turn the pistons on the engine to make that old locomotive run. And we see the old cowboy movies where the, where the engine's woo, woo. All that's done because of a fire. And if they want to speed up, they got to shovel coal. 
Your car, when you, it sits in your driveway. It doesn't do anything until you turn the ignition on, which takes the battery. There's, there's gasoline on tops of your pistons. It doesn't do anything up there until you throw a spark on it. And it goes, and a fire, it causes an explosion and blows that piston down. And then it does it about 600 to 4,000 times a minute. And that fire is shoving your car down the road. There's no power without fire. The church, without the Holy Ghost, is a country club. Thank you, Laverne. I've got one person in here. What happens, listen, I want you to listen to what I'm about to say to you. Whenever we stop being Holy Ghost people, we come in, we sing two songs, we listen to someone teach a little Bible, and we go home. And your life goes nowhere. It's called dead. Your car with no fire is dead. Airplane with no fire is dead. Now, I got to watch the rocket launch once. What a sight. I watched it from right here in Orlando once, and they used to take the space shuttle up. Talk about making some noise. That thing is, I mean, they got a tank on that thing of fuel, and it has got fire coming out of it. You can see for, what is it, 60, 70 miles to the coast, and you can hear it. And you can feel it. And it'll go up and you're just watching and everybody's watching. And all of a sudden, one stage will fall off and it'll go. Start again and off it'll go. That thing would never leave the earth's atmosphere without a lot of power. It's fuel burning. Christianity, you've got the world, the flesh, and the devil. You and I deal with stuff every day. It's like gravity. Gravity holds you down. If you want to get an airplane and, and go above it and fly above it, it takes power. If you want to go through life and get above problems, you're going to have to get some power. So that's why Satan has fought the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues for so long. Now, now that we are spirit-filled Christians... The Bible makes the statement to us, it said, it tells you and I to stir up the gift of God. Now, just because you have a car and used it last week doesn't mean you're using it this week. That, you're going to maintain this thing called the spirit-filled life. This church will die and become another dead denomination. The, the, John Wesley, I have got a whole notebook full of notes by John Wesley. But the Methodist church today, it's dead as a rock. I mean, you can go in there and sleep all service. Don't miss a thing. Every denomination on this earth started off in a revival. And it died because people kill it. We come in, we sing two songs, we hear a word, we go home. 
We've never been taught you've got to contend for the move of God. You can't just go, well, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I love the Lord. Let me tell you something. If, that, if, if you're not stirring that fire, that fire's going out. This is a real simple analogy. If you aren't putting wood on it, it's going out. Now, I have a fireplace in my house. That's good. It's bad. Because I come home on a night in Florida when it's cold, and Lisa wants a fire. Josh likes a fire. But what they don't understand is that in order to have a fire, i got to build it. And then once I build it, there, you know, it ain't a button. That means about 10 minutes later or 15 minutes later, somebody is going to get up out of the chair, walk out the front door, grab three or four logs in their arm. It's cold outside. Come in and put it on there. And then that's not enough. You got a poker. And you've got to stir that thing because that, that fire, I don't know, I don't understand fire. Some of y'all explain to me that know more than me. I don't know why when you flip a log over, it starts burning again. Maybe the fire doesn't know it. So maybe they think it's a new log. But anyway, you just go in there and poke it and move it around a little bit and the whole thing lights all up again. And then about 10 minutes later, everybody's everybody sitting around a fire. Oh, I love fire, I love fire, I love fire. And they go, Daryl. Fire going up. And I'm going, I oh, know, I can see that. Daryl. So I get up. And then the next morning when there's ashes, Daryl, go clean the fireplace up. You the one started the fire. You're a fire. Yeah, well, y'all sat around and enjoyed the fire, and I kept it all night long. Now I got to clean the thing up. Now, I know why people get gas fireplaces. But Jesus said you'd be baptized in the Holy Ghost and. I'm going to say something right now, and I want everybody to listen exactly the words I'm going to say. When you stop seeing miracles in your church, you're not tending the fire. When you don't see people getting born again, you're not tending that fire. Every week we get to see the same lovely, wonderful, beautiful faces. I'd like to see some old sinner come in here other than Easter. Are y'all okay? Now you know why I'm preaching this. Brother Hagen made a statement. Go to Acts 1.8. He said, if you do not contend for the move of the Spirit, it will die in this generation. Every generation has a right to see God. Let me back up a minute here. I'm going to say something to y'all. I'm on a roll now, and y'all better listen to everything I'm saying. I want you to read your Bible. You know that, don't you? But there's something else I want. I want you to meet God. I, I thank God that you know the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. I'm glad y'all know what the Bible says. But I mean, you need days when you need to come to church and it, and I mean, your, your father shows up and we have a whole morning with just you and God Almighty. 
It's not a relationship reading a letter that he wrote every week. And I'm not opposed to the word. I'm a word man. But, 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 but I'm also a Holy Ghost man. And we need a Holy Ghost church. And that means that sometimes we need to have the gifts of the Holy Ghost operating in Sunday morning service. That's called tongues and interpretation, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, special faith, miracles. What's wrong with miracles? What, listen, we need some miracles. There are people in this church, great people. They're not going to get healed on their faith. You can't, you can't. I, I will teach you all I can about walking by faith. But you know what? I love it when God shows up and just does it. And I go, that's nice. I didn't do squat. I think it was Crystal. Whose meeting was it in you got healed? The guy from Africa? Pastor Lisa's? Pastor Lisa should be up here preaching. All right. <laughs> Do y'all understand what I just said? I've been in some powerful meetings, and, and I, and I want to say this. I want you to contend with me. I want you to hunger for it. I want you to pray with me for it. Now, understand something. We can have a service where we run aisles, and I'm not opposed to that. There are times when you can run by faith, and there are times when you're not running by faith. That's the real deal. And there are times when you can laugh by faith. Ha, 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 ha. I like something Mark Hankins said the other day. He said, your body, your endorphins don't know whether you're really laughing or you're faking it. So if you want your endorphins to kick in, just ha, 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 and your endorphins go, we're laughing, ha, 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 they don't know. But I love it when it's real and you're so drunk in the Holy Ghost you can't even get off the floor. Yeah. And all you can do is lay down there and go, ah, 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 and you're drunk. Amen. Now understand something. You're going to have to try to explain. Don't, don't. When your relatives ask you, don't. Explain it. I want to tell you a story. Y'all know John Osteen? You knew a John Osteen. Yes. <laughs> John Osteen was a wonderful Baptist man. I love Baptist. Thank you. I were one. But he got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues. He got called on the carpet by the Southern Baptist Convention to come in for an interview. And they drilled him. There was a dozen men sitting around the room talking to John about this thing called tongues. And they came around the room and every one of them asked him questions. John, what about this scripture? John, what about that scripture? And they came around and it came John's time to answer. He lifted his hands and went, <laughs> and he sat there and just spoke in tongues. And when he got finished, 12 men were glaring at him. 
And he said, what did that prove? He said, I don't know, but it sure felt good. <laughs> do you ever dawn on you that you don't owe anybody an explanation? I mean, if you're full of joy, just, love, just leave it alone. I was going home one night from a church service, and I was drunk in the spirit, and I had a friend in, in the, my vehicle that wasn't. And I was laughing all the way home. We drove 60 miles one way. I'm laughing, 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 laughing. I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about. There's nothing funny. <laughs> you're, just, you're just laughing. Somebody say something, you're, and off you go. When we got home, my friend said, now I want to know what the joke is. What do you say? I just laughed some more. I have no answer for him. I don't know how to answer him. How do you explain drunk in the Holy Ghost to somebody never been drunk in the Holy Ghost? Well, later he got filled with the Holy Ghost and drunk in the Holy Ghost, and he got his explanation. He got his question answered. We don't know the world an explanation. My, do we try. Well, what kind of church do you go to? People ask me all the time, what kind of church is that? Good one. I know, but what do y'all believe? Well, we believe God's good and devil's bad. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but what kind is it? You know, what, what are they asking me? They, they want it, they're trying to pin me down. Calvinist, Armenian, um, Catholic, Baptist. They're trying to nail me down. I, 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 you can't nail Jello down. <laughs> I don't know how to answer someone like that. You just come. Yeah, that's right. But we try so hard to explain it, so we feel like, well, we can't explain it. You don't need to. I had a man that lived next door to me in Tulsa. And man, he was against tongues. And, and we would talk to him about being filled with the Holy Ghost. And his name was Bill Kozlowski. I'll tell you his name now because... What was Bill Kozlowski's wife's name, Betty? Good man. Good man. He went to Tom's church later on. He came to, or he came to Orlando and went to Tom's church. And, he, and, and Tom Copeland and I would be out on the porch talking. And he'd come up and start arguing with us about the Bible. And, and, and Tom would laugh at him. We'd answer him the best we could. And we'd just love on him. And, and he'd leave mad every day. Every day go home mad. Stomp away. Want to argue and fight. And he came up to me one day and he said, I have a question. I said, okay, Bill, what is it? He said, why is it that I'm right and you're happy? <laughs> I said, well, why don't you go home and think about that for a month or two, Bill? <laughs> well, he ended up going to church with us. See, if you hang around on the creek bank, you're going in. And I remember the day he went to Billy Joe Darty's church, Sheridan, and came home speaking in tongues. Jane, Jane's his wife, Betty, she got, she got baptized in water in Billy Joe Darty's church. And when she came up out of the water, she came up speaking in tongues. Bill Kozlowski was in the back of the building. And he started screaming at her from the back of the building. Yeah. 
No, Jane, no. And he runs through the building to rescue Jane from tongues. And on the way to the baptismal pool, he started speaking. God is so cool, isn't he? So he comes back and tells Tom, he goes, well, I guess I'm one of y'all now. And I said, well, we've been waiting on you. I said, are you happy yet? And he said, yes, very. I said, good. We've been tired of hearing you. so grumpy. How do you explain that to him? You don't. You don't explain it to him. But, but people see you're not like them. You're full of joy and you're happy. You're content. You're full of peace. So we have to contend for this. This is not something that was a gift given to you that you, ha- that you can get away with. You have to use this. The old adage, use it or lose it. All right. Book of Acts 1, 1, 8. And we'll go through some of this, and I'm going real slow. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. He didn't say you'll be born again. He said you receive power. Folks, that, that, that fire is power. Praying in the Holy Ghost ignites it. When we have church services, and I'm going to make a statement to you. Don't come in with the clock on your mind. The Sunday is supposed to be a day. Now, I'm not trying to be legalistic. It's a day that he you set apart for the Lord. It's not a, it's not a I want to go here teaching. If, you, if I could get you out of that mode. Because whenever you're worshiping God during the worship service and not just singing, God shows up. Oh, he'll show up. And when he shows up, I'll sit down. And we'll just let him go. But you're the one that determines it. God's not determining where he goes on Sunday. You determine where he goes to church. When you and I contend, I'm going to church, I'm going to spend some time with my father. I'm going to, I'm going to spend some time with God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That attitude right there, um, I, I tried to find John Bevere's book on the fear of the Lord. So I want to tell you all a story. He was in South America. And there was a big church. I mean, I think it was two or 3,000 people in this church. During the worship service, people were coming and going out of, the, out of the doors. And people were talking. Holy Ghost lifted and left. Just, he just left. John was sitting on the stage. He's fixing to preach. And he, he, he said, Lord, where'd you go? And he, got, he said, I, he tried to preach in that church. He said it was the deadest atmosphere. He said, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get anything done that day. He said, it was struggle. I struggled. He said, I went back to my hotel room. I said, God, what, what, what happened today? And finally, after praying for a while, he said, I'm not staying in a church where they don't reverence me. When they're they're talking during my worship service. You don't treat me that way. You you don't, listen, I'm going to say something to y'all. 
When you're in a conversation with someone and that phone rings, leave your darn phone alone. I want to say it stronger, but just leave it like that. Leave the dang phone off. Who in the world is calling you more important than the person you're standing there? What did you just say to them? Hey, Gene, hold on a minute. I got to get this. Hey, Joe. What, what do you think that said? Hey, I'll talk to you later. I got to get, hey, yeah, what y'all doing? I'll be up. Listen, that thing is running. Lisa and I were at the, Lisa and I, Nancy and I went down to Bonefish Grill. The man and a woman sitting on a bench. They're both on the phone. And I walked up, Nancy and I were standing there, and I think Lisa walked up after that, and I said, now that's togetherness. <laughs> they were probably on a date. And, I, and so, you, do you all think that's rude? Yes. I do, whether you like it or not, I think it's rude. Now, the only time that I'll answer a phone call talking to you is if it's Lisa and I think that it might have, that I, that I, this might be something I need to stop for. There's, there are times when we do need to yes. stop. Okay. I mean, if you're, if, if you're on active duty and the general calls you, you, you might want to ask the phone. So there's exceptions to my rule. Okay. All right. But for the general, but, but really, we, li- we treat each other rudely. And we, do, and we do it to God. Come into church and it's 10 minutes late. And I mean, the worship service only lasts 20 minutes. So you get in 10 minutes, you sing a half of a song. and Come on, y'all. And then you want to know, where's God? I can tell you right now, he's not on you. Until you repent of that. He wants undivided attention. I want to tell you a story right now. It's about me. Right after I got born again, I was laying in, I was sitting in my room, and I was reading my Bible. But I wasn't really reading my Bible. I was thinking about deer hunting. But I'm reading the Bible. But I'm in a deer stand reading my, I'm not in the deer stand. I'm, I'm in my mind. I'm, I'm thinking about my hunt tomorrow. I'm reading. And the Lord spoke to me. And he says, I have no pleasure in this. Close the book and go hunting. And I took the gun and I put it away. And I stopped hunting until I got that under. But I knew I had bothered him. That was my time with him. And I'm not engaging. And I went, please forgive me. I won't do that again. So when I come to church now, I, I do, I don't always do it, but I, I try to pay attention to what we're singing, what we're saying. We're in church, worshiping God. Because sometimes I'll be here thinking about the announcements. Okay, I'm just being honest. I got to do the announcements. And y'all are worshiping, and I'm already on announcements. And I've had to learn to make myself stop. Then if the announcements never get made, it don't matter. I'm going to worship God. So you have to fight and contend for that spot. You've got to to make yourself pay attention to what you're doing. 
And I, and I think that bothers the Lord. I'm going to tell you all one more story. I got a bunch of them. I don't know whether Betty remembers this, and I keep referring to Betty because Betty and Mel and Sandy went to Tom Copeland's church when I was a youth pastor. Tom would allow me to make announcements. But I remembered one Sunday when we were in the old um, recreation center, Holy Ghost came on me, a healing anointing came on me, and it feels like a navy peacoat soaked in water. That's the only way I can describe the way it feels. When it comes on you, it's heavy. You can feel it. It's not, it's not burdensome heavy, but it's like, ooh, you feel it. It gets in your legs, and you get real weak, and it's a real strong anointing. And I'm standing there, and the Lord said, I want you to pray for sick people today. A lot of sick people in the building. But they were talking. And weren't paying attention. You know, right in the service, one of them turned around and say something to somebody. And then turned around to say something to somebody else. And, 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 and I can remember. It, I mean, the, it stayed on me for a few minutes. And then it went. And just left me. And inside me, the Lord said, I'll be back when they repent. And the office of a prophet came on me. He says, I want you to tell them to repent. And I did. It wasn't announcements. And, uh, and, and listen, and that's when I learned. You think he won't get on to you? He, he will get on to you. There is correction in the body of Christ contrary to popular opinion. That's if you want God, there is. And the people got out of their chairs and they started praying and seeking God and says, please forgive us. That anointing came back. Everybody in the building sick got healed. Now that, that is something we can't do. We can't do that. I can't do that. Now how, how much money do you think was saved in doctor bills, hospital bills? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read us something to you in a minute, and I want you to pay attention to what I'm about to say. I was in a meeting, Mark Hankins' meeting, and they invited Pearsons. What's his name? George, George Pearsons to the meeting. George Pearsons came to preach. And he said he was praying one day, and the Lord said, I want my church back. That's a powerful word. You know the way we do church in America? Jesus isn't in it. We build churches without him. And they look good. When's the last time you saw miracles? Deliverance. Healings. God in there then. You came and you went and you called it church. And that's most churches in America. Most mega churches would never get big if they had a move of God. Scare the mud out of people. Are you all out there? Did you go home? This is the reason why. Now, that doesn't mean you can't grow a church because Mac Hammond and Lynn have done it. Rodney Howard Brown has done it. You can grow a church and have moves of God. But you've got to be wise doing it. You can't just have a run the aisles every Sunday morning and call it church. That's not church. You've got to disciple people. 
But, but to never have a move of God is something we need to contend for. Are y'all okay? All right. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. All right. Acts 2.19. Well, that's, I'm going to read. Yeah. Let me read 17. It'll come to pass in the last day, says God. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. That's how you know whether you're young or old. <laughs> if you come to me and say, I've been having dreams, I'll say, hey, old man. Okay. And on your men servants and maid servants, I'm going to pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy, and I'll show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. That's not just talking about the moon. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord to come to pass. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, I've got a bunch of scriptures here. Um, go, go to Matthew 16, 18. See how kind of time I have going on here. Oh, I'm not doing too good. Matthew 16, 18. Some of it I'll just have to go through quickly. How many of you really want to be a part of a real strong move of God? Yeah, I do too. I do too. And I'll also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church. I'll build my church. I'll build my church. I will build my church. I will build my church. Listen to me very carefully. This isn't your church. Now, we call it your church because we want you to work. You really need to get in the nursery and help, and you need to work with children's church, and you need, you need to take some ownership. But you listen to me. You and I are not allowed to rewrite the manual. We're not allowed to leave Mark 16 out. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. These signs will follow those that believe in my name. They will cast out what? When's the last time you saw a devil come out of somebody? We've had it happen in this church. We've had times when, you know, more so in the old building, the people start screaming right when I'm preaching, and they start foaming at the mouth and screaming and fall on the floor, and you walk up and cast the devil out of them. And it happens in the, in, a pre, in the presence of God, you're going to see a lot more of that type of thing. Now, one of the reasons I think that people don't like a strong move of God is because there's always a real strong spirit of conviction there. And there's not a lot of play going on when there's a strong move of God. Carnality don't last real long in a move of God. Brownsville died. I'm not being critical. Because people started running it. It's not your church. Boy, I feel... I know you may not like the way things are running, but it's not your church. And I know that you don't always agree with what I preach, but it's not your church. (laughs) 
I mean, it's amazing how many opinions we have in this room. Usually it's about the, si- the number of noses. But it's amazing at how many, everybody's got an opinion. Listen, there is a God and we're not him. The head of the church is well able to handle his church without your opinion. He never told you to bring your opinion to church. He told you to bring your backside to church. And you take care of you. And you leave everyone else in the building alone except you and God. Just leave everything alone but you. And if he wants to have a service that lasts four hours, let him have a service that lasts four hours. What is that to you? I'm going to tell a story now on myself again. I've disobeyed God. One day during a church service, it was 12 o'clock, and the anointing came on me for healing. It's 12 o'clock. And the Lord said, what are you going to do about the sick people in the room? And I said, I wasn't going to do anything about it. And I let y'all go home. I have a feeling I made you happy, but I don't think he went home happy. I'm gonna, y'all, you know, I'm not, I, 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 I learned some things the hard way like y'all do. And I'm thinking to myself, next time come inside of our schedule. Oh, wow. It's 12 o'clock and they're hungry and they're going home. And I can't even imagine what would have happened if I'd have said, all right, we're going to have a healing line. I already know. It's 12 o'clock. My hung stomach's hungry. You sit in the doctor's office three hours and he hasn't even talked to you. And then he charges you two or $3,000 and you don't ever complain about that. And then he puts you on a diet and you're not allowed to eat until the blood work's done. And you can't even come to church and, and, and leave. You, you, 12.05 is just too long. Hey, you think I'm, you think I'm joking. At 11.45... I have to quit because y'all are leaving though you're sitting. Oh, yeah, you are. You're like, we heard enough. We're ready. You, listen, you can feel it in the, you can feel it in the atmosphere. It's lunch. And we're talking about contending for the move of God. I was at a meeting with Kenneth Copeland one time. I don't know who was preaching that morning. But when they, I think it was Jerry Savelle. And I mean, the minute he shut up, I had, I was so hungry. I am watching my watch and I'm watching my watch. Kenneth got up and took the pulpit. And he said, tell your stomach to shut up. And I'm going, no. I am starving. Y'all have been going since 8 o'clock this morning. It is noon, and I want to go eat. I'll be back at 1 o'clock. And I didn't dare get up and leave because, I, I mean, everybody felt bad. And Kenneth preached for two more hours. I think it was called fasting. Not because I wanted to. 
And I, I think God did that on purpose. I think he just wanted to make everybody just quit your stupid belly and, and get in the word of God all day. I was scared to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I shouldn't tell you all this stuff, should I? All right, I'm going to give you all a few things in there. Um, I'm, I, I'm not going to read them off. Adam walked with God, Elijah walked with God, David walked with God. Everybody in the Old Testament walked with God. I want to show you some in the new, and we'll, and, we'll, and we'll, I'll close with this, but I want to show you some of this. In Acts 8, go to Acts 8. Go through your Bible one day and read the book of Acts. The book of Acts is still the standard for Christianity. It wasn't done away with. This is still the way the church is supposed to look. If, if our church doesn't look like this, then, then we got some changes to make. All right, Acts 8, 26. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. Who? When's the last time an angel talked to you? Arise and go toward the south road, Jerusalem to Gaza. It's desert. He arose and went, and behold, a man of the Ethiopia, the eunuch, great authority under Cadence, queen of the Ethiopians, had charge of his treasure, had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning, sitting in the chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet, Isaiah 53. And the Spirit said, who's talking? Spirit. Holy Ghost said. Now, wait, it didn't say that he was reading in his Bible and he had a scripture. It said the Holy Ghost said, you go over there and you talk to that guy. When, when I was in Haiti with, with Mel, the Lord said, when you go home, they're going to ask you, you're the next pastor. Holy Ghost said, I, I did not get a map out and find where I thought rich people lived and start a church. I didn't even choose to be a pastor. Holy Ghost said, I had never thought the thought pastor ever. When I was at Ramah, what are you going to be? Evangelist. I had a Kenneth Copeland Bible, my Kenneth Copeland pilot's license, Kenneth Copeland everything. And when he said pastor, I took authority over it. I bind you in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost said, when I walked on this land, Holy Ghost said, buy it. Holy Ghost said. Walking through here praying one day, the Holy Ghost said, you're going to get invited to India. You're going. I said, I don't like curry. Don't care. Are you all out there? Folks, the, the Bible is full. Let me, let me, let's read another one. I got, I got time. Y'all, let's, let's go back. Come on. Um, 1044, go to 10, go to 10, 44, no, yeah, there is no 1044, yeah, there is, and Peter was still speaking, the Holy Ghost fell, I didn't know he fell, he still falls, I know he's in you, but I know he still falls, Oh, and all those who heard the word and those in circumcision were astonished. They heard him speaking with tongues to magnify God. Let's go to another one. Let's go to Acts 13, 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, 
Folks, we need some Holy Ghost said. We, we, come on, come on, Laverne, help me out. We need some tongues to interpret. We need some problems. We need, I know what the Bible said, but what is the Holy Ghost saying? What's he saying to this church? What's he saying to you? Folks, we, we can do this. Four songs. How many songs do you sing on Sunday morning, Lisa, second service? Three or four. Two hymns, two hers. Too fast, too slow. Take up an offering. Do announcements. 45 minutes. Go home. We had church. Eh, that's fine. I'm not against it. I'll tell you what. I sure wouldn't like. Are y'all okay? I sure do like it. When Almighty God comes in the building. And all of a sudden, somebody in the back of the room goes, Woo, I got healed. And then somebody gets drunk in the Holy Ghost. Just listen, listen. You, you, if you want it, you've got to hunger for it. They that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. If you don't hunger for it, he is not coming. He will let you die and have a dead church. In the book of Revelation, I'm out of time. He's talking to the church is Sardis. You have a name. You are alive. Programs. Choir. Whatever else they do. Jesus said, but you're dead. And I don't know. I don't think he likes every church. But I want him to like this. And we might not have a program. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. I'm going to close. I used to read a lot of books on church. I quit. I'm doing a lot of praying. I decided that if he wants his church back, I'm going to give it to him. And I'm going to contend every, I'm in here praying, I'm home praying. I want you to pray with me. Folks, we cannot turn America around. But he can. God can do more with the Holy Ghost in 10 minutes than you can do in 10 years. Now, does that mean that we're going to run hours every Sunday? No, it doesn't mean next Sunday if we have a 45-minute sermon, we're all backslidden. But, you, but you, you get with me and you start praying with me and contending with me. We want the gifts of the Spirit. We want the fruit of the Spirit in this church. We want love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And we want tongues and interpretation and prophecy, discerning the spirits. We want it all, Jesus. We want to see angels. We want to see the healing power of God in this place. We want to see people coming in going, I need Jesus, and falling on their face and getting born again. Folks, you have to want it. Now, if you're content with an old dead church, now he'll leave you alone. I'm not, I'm not content. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stir you up a little bit because I'm trying to get you on my side here. Amen. When I read that, I want my church back, I got on my face and said, uh, I'm giving it back to you because I don't like the way I run it anyway. I mean, I think the gift of God on me is good. I mean, I, 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 I like preaching. That's a gift. But there's a lot more to God than this. Catherine, how am I doing? Awesome. I thought you'd enjoy it. Shirley, you okay with all this? 
Oh, yeah. yeah. G- Kenneth Hagin said, if you don't contend for it, you will lose it. Yeah. The younger generation in this church, they need to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, listen, I know we're in there going, this is the Bible, this is the Bible, this is the Bible. You know what I want? I want to see all the teenagers plastered on their face in the front of this church, filled with the Holy Ghost. And they won't get up and go, I don't like to read my Bible. Oh, I've got one more story. I got, three, I got 30 seconds. I've been praying for Ashley, my daughter, for a while. One day she's driving down the road going someplace. I don't know where she's going. Holy Ghost got on her. She got so drunk in the spirit, she had to pull off her car on the side of the road. And she called me, Dad. I said, what's wrong? What do I do? I can't drive. I could hear her laughing. She said, what's happening? I said, baby, just, just, just spend time with God. I got to be somewhere. I said, no, you don't. I got to be at a part. No, you don't. I can't drive. I said, park it. Got on the side of the road in her Lexus SUV. God got on her. She got so drunk in God. Finally, she got her her wits about her after about 30 minutes of being drunk in the spirit. She went to the party. Oh, y'all should have seen when she walked in. She walks in and everybody goes, what happened to you? She goes, glory. And all of a sudden, she starts praying for this is not a Holy Ghost. This is a bunch of girls. And I think it was a bridal shower or something. And all of a sudden, there's girls around the room drunk in the Holy Ghost. And Ashley's walking up going, hi. And they're going, And before long, this power of God was all through that whole house. Ashley came home. She was making around 200000 a year. She quit her business. I'm not saying that she had to quit. God just said, I, let, let Kurt handle it, and you go obey me. Are y'all out there? And she's, she, she wrote a book. She's a little fireball right now. She's a little prophet. She'll walk through the park, and she'll know that guy over there and what he's been doing and his life and his girlfriends, and then she'll just walk up and talk to him. Hey, sir, I need to talk to you. She's talking to a Jewish man one day, and he was full of mud and full of junk and not, a, not saved. And the Holy Ghost told her what to say to him, and he was in the post office. She walked out in tears running down his face, power of God all over him. There's a God guy. This is so much fun. You don't know what. It's just living like this is so much fun. That little guy, Edward, that I was telling you about, he had... Was it, honey, 500 or 5,000? 500 stores he cleaned at night and a crew. And he left it all to go to Israel to preach. Lisa's wanting me to quit. Lisa, come on up here. Is this good? Let's pray real quick while Lisa's coming up. Father, we contend for a move of God in this church. We are, you're God and we're not. I'm not the head of this church. Jesus, you are. And we step out of your way. Let you have your way in us for the fire of God to burn the chaff and to take us where we need to go. We 
commit you in our hands and in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, tonight, for any of you that would like to go over to the youth room with us, we're going to celebrate Pastor Josh's birthday. He turned 40. So this is the big 40. I have a card with some cash in it. If you want to give me your cash for me to add to it, you can, or you can just stick it in his hand or his pockets and just wish him a happy birthday. But all of them are waiting on us now. They're already, they've just gotten done about five minutes ago and they're waiting for us to come over. So if, so go over there and give him a shout out, tell him happy birthday, do something and make him feel special. Amen. He's a blessing to your children and to this church. Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.